Gray helping you secure your future. Alan Gray is an authorized financial services provider. This is Kaya Biz. Kaya Biz. With Gorda Jumfopi. On Kaya 959. On the street. On the air. Well, the post-budget day perspective does continue, right? And we've really focused on a large number of themes. As you witnessed last night, we spoke about tax, the socio-economic impact, state-owned entity support, response from big and small businesses. And, of course, trying to unpack what uh, the budget speech does mean for a number of um, uh, the, and the economics in South Africa in terms of growth. But all of this needs to tie back to our pockets, right? And we've discussed this before, but tonight we're going to get into a lot more depth and some perspective uh, on how government's structure of the budget speech uh, might be a particular budget of trade-offs and most importantly speaks to our own pockets as South Africans. To tell us more, we join on the line by uh, Thalia uh, Petusi, who joins us as uh, Portfolio Manager at Alan Gray. Such a pleasure to have you with us, Thalia, and thank you for making time. Pleasure to be here. Fantastic. I guess first things first, Dalia, the budget, as we know, is a big plan. There are trillions and billions that are typically quoted, and our pockets and budgets might be slightly smaller, thousands, hundreds, maybe millions being quoted. But help us understand the context of the budget speech and how it might influence our investment uh, decision-making skills. Great. Well, um, in terms of South African debt investors, in other words, investors in SA government bonds, who in some ways and form actually financing government's budget deficit. And I would say actually, even despite the fact that, you know, we saw this 254 billion rand ESCOM bailout package be announced, I mean, government was keeping enough cash to draw down in order to fund that. Um, so, so it's something that's been coming for a while. And it's something that has been in some way, shape, or form expected. Um, you know, they've outlined, obviously, a lot more about the actual bailout terms, but, but they have been building cash, and I guess overfunding themselves of late in order so that they could service that debt of ESCOM and take some of it onto balance sheets. So I would say for South African debt investors, um, you know, they've outlined the plan. Yep. We, could, we have a better picture of um, how they're going to be rolling out this debt relief and in some ways i think the market has responded quite positively um obviously it means that government debt load is going to be a bit higher so as at um, october um mtbps it was projected that government debt load would stabilize at about 70 percent of gdp it's now going to well per projections that were just um, laid out, stabilized at about 73.6% of GDP. And just to put things into context there, uh, Thalia, without losing any of our listeners who, uh, you know, hear these big numbers being quoted, this essentially puts us in a more difficult position, right, in terms of managing our debt. Would that be correct? Yes. So, so, so for um, sort of what I was now trying to get to is, is for the average person who's, you know, contributing and, and paying tax, you know, it means that a bit more of that tax is going towards servicing interest on debt. And, and obviously that means there's a bit less that's available for, you know, other things like, you know, building roads, mm-hmm. um, rolling out capital expenditure, um, et cetera, social relief and, and grants and so on. So, yes, uh, I mean, interest service is going to rise as a result of this. Uh, But, you know, on the plus side, you know, government was prudent and they were keeping enough cash 
in, in order to actually pay this down. Got you. And at least that does speak to the fact that I guess there is money. It's just where we're actually apportioning a lot of this uh, money to. And as you say, the debt relief that uh, government has provided to ESCOM, there's ongoing concern that this might not be enough to fix the challenges at ESCOM. Give us some context and I guess your understanding of us addressing the financial concerns versus the operational inefficiencies of the entity. Okay, yeah. I mean, you've you've really cut to the heart of it. So um, in terms of debt relief, you know, that can't fix ESCOM from an operational point of view. Mm. You know, the the only way that operationally, you know, they're going to get fixed is is via a maintenance program. So then one must ask the question, you know, is this debt relief enough to restore ESCOM to financial viability? And, And I think it's going to be tight. So the National Treasury are projecting ESCOM to make, in terms of their cash flow from operations, about 70 billion rand per annum on average over the next two years. But but this might be something of an aspirational figure. I I think all they've really done is they've taken their financial year 22 cash flow from operations and they have scaled it up and grown it by the amount of the nurse tariff increases. And I think we're all aware that those tariff increases were quite high. It was plus 18% in year one, plus 13%. Uh, in year two, but you know, one has to factor in there's going to be some demand destruction at higher prices from consumers who are going to scale back on how much electricity they consume. There's also obviously um, from increased load shedding, reduced supply. So, so using the 70 billion rand per annum, you know, I think National Treasury were then saying, okay, they're maybe going to spend 40 to 50 billion rand on capital expenditure. Okay, and then maybe there's going to be a 12 billion rand shortfall that they're going to have to spend on diesel over and above their diesel allowance. Then, you know, beyond that, maybe there's going to be a 10 billion rand per annum odd increase in municipal arrears that we've been seeing per annum. So, I mean, one can very easily stretch the numbers and see things being quite tight yeah. with, you know, the 70 billion, you know, gets written down, well, gets used up completely, or they're actually in a small operational deficit. And one thing that I haven't even addressed, you know, in kind of rough numbers that I've laid out is um, what's going to happen in terms of change in salary demand as at June 23 this year. Mm. And um, I mean, I think we're all, we can all remember kind of the, the wage negotiations last year and, and how destructive they were operationally and, and how much ESCOM had, had to end up paying up um, in order to satisfy union demands. And, and that's a major concern, right, because it potentially speaks to ongoing um, strike action that we might see from members of the public sector. Last year, we saw what SARS and a few other institutions um, um, from the private public sector uh, take to the streets. So it really weighs quite heavily on uh, National Treasury's uh, concerns there, uh, including positioning on reforms where the public sector wage bill was one of them, right? Correct. Um, so, so on that public sector wage bill, I, I mean, in the budget, Essentially, National Treasury has forecast just 3% per annum growth in the government wage bill for each of the next three years. Now, you and me know that that is far below what unions are demanding. Um, so we saw PSA and FDUSA, you know, recently request plus 12.5%. Yep. So, you know, if these kinds of... Um, you know, wage negotiations don't go favorably for government, it would mean that they forecast for spending over the next few years is perhaps a bit ambitious, it's perhaps a bit aspirational, and it may mean that this primary surplus that they 
are saying we're going to achieve and, and to kind of hold and to even grow in the next few years may not materialize exactly as they expect. Got you. Thalia, I'm, I'm clean for us as we continue with the budget review to, to go into, again, government's expectations uh, to achieve its first primary budget surplus since 2009. Help us understand, again, what this means, why it's important, and if we'll ever get there, because it feels like we're just so burdened by our debt levels that a budget surplus seems like a pie in the sky right now. Yeah, so I think um, just just for the listeners, so... So the primary budget balance essentially acts the difference between the amount of revenue government collects and the amount it spends on providing us all with public goods and services. But, but the primary balance doesn't include interest payments. So the interest payments come into the fiscal balance. Yes. balance. So theoretically, when a country achieves a primary balance, it means operationally it's neutral. And it's quite positive because it means they're not raising new debt. So it means debt should Stabilize. So in this year, we, we are seeing, well, well, National Treasury is expecting a small primary surplus. But by one bug there is that, you know, I just said that, that a primary balance means debt should stabilize, but we're not seeing debt stabilizing because there are these below the line items and this deterioration in the true financing requirements as a result of government having taken on the debt of ESCOM. So this ESCOM bailout is coming through below the line mm. and it's coming in in part by increased interest service and in part by taking on some of ESCOM's debt in the next few years. So we're not seeing necessarily that debt stabilization yet. So, so really, um, I do feel the primary surplus and, you know, while it is positive and it's great that we strive for it, it's somewhat misleading where we are taking on additional debt so-called behind the scenes. You know, it's it's not leading to its, you know, or its um, purported, I guess, um, outcome, which is, again, debt stabilization. Got you. Uh, as we close off with Thalia, I, I do want us to bring it back home for many South African uh, cons- consumers and investors like you and I. Uh, by taking a look at, you know, government's track to maintain its fiscal con- consolidation. Uh, what does this mean in the short to medium term? Does it impact our view of confidence levels of investing in the South African market? I'm aware that you work as a portfolio manager. So does that sway, I guess, you know, South Africans who might be invested in unit trusts that are focused on the South African equity space um, and potential outcomes to our savings there? Definitely. So, I mean, if government can show that, that it's on track to contain its debt burden and achieve fiscal consolidation, you know, generally that has a, a favorable impact on, let's say, the price of government debt. Um, it's, it's generally considered to be quite bullish for the RAND. Um, it enhances both local and foreign investor confidence in our market. And, and I would say, you know, they have put through some, some really difficult spending cuts in the last few years. And if we just think about the 2020-2021 budget, you know, they, they were at the time forecasting for debt to GDP to stabilize at 80%. So, so just, as you said, you know, for the listeners, that means about 80% of the size of the gross domestic product of South Africa is in, in debt, you know, in, in government debt. You know, it's actually consolidating, it seems, a bit lower, closer to 70% odd. So, so that is definitely positive for investor confidence. You know, it shows that, that there is commitment to fiscal consolidation. It shows that there is commitment to sticking to the spending plan. So, I mean, I mean it's not all negative. 
Got you. Not all is lost there, Thalia. So we'll definitely try to uh, remain optimistic as South African investors, despite the uh, tough environment that we find ourselves in. But managing our debt is certainly what uh, fiscal, uh, the fiscal outlook does entail. And maybe we should also apply that in our homes too, right? <laughs> Just to uh, make sure that we're all on the right track. Thanks again for your time this evening, Mayor. Thanks so much. That's Thalia Petusi who joins us as uh, Portfolio Manager at Alan Gray, helping you secure your future was brought to you by Alan Gray. Alan Gray is an authorized financial services provider. If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.